The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Cocky Ride Home for Monday, October 26th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. NASA's big announcement has been revealed. There is way more water on the moon than we thought. An update on the murder hornet situation. Oreo has built a vault in Norway to preserve a stash of Oreos in case that Election Day asteroid, which is absolutely not going to hit Earth, hits the Earth. And mutant crayfish clones have taken over a Belgian cemetery, just in time for Halloween. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Last week, NASA was teasing a big announcement for today, and the big reveal, there is a ton of water on the moon. Or as the Washington Post tweeted, quoting the tweet in its entirety here, moon's wet. (laughs) Yep, that's all they said. Here's a bit more detail from Gizmodo, quote, Two papers published today in Nature Astronomy are redefining what we know about the moon and its ability to stock a precious natural resource, water. Scientists have long suspected that frozen water exists on the moon, particularly at the poles, but the new research provides the most definitive evidence yet, owing to the detection of actual water molecules on the lunar surface. The new research also identifies a slew of shadowy pockets, known as cold traps, in which much of this frozen water could be hiding, end quote. Because water has been found in sunlit places, NASA says this suggests there could be water all over the moon's surface and not just in cold traps. But those cold traps, the second paper suggests, are much more populous than previously believed, and while they can't yet confirm that the cold traps do hold frozen water, they are capable of doing so, and it's likely they do. Now, the water that was detected on the lunar surface still was not very much. NASA says the Sahara Desert has a hundred times the amount of water that was detected. But much of this announcement is about the potential for even more and what it means that water molecules are actually able to persist on the lunar surface. Now, as for how it was discovered, in the past, quoting Gizmodo, Actual proof of water molecules on the moon was limited to spectral signatures spotted at 3 microns. And that's a problem because at this wavelength, scientists cannot distinguish between water and hydroxyl-bound minerals. Hydroxide contains oxygen bonded to hydrogen. 
To overcome this limitation, scientists took new measurements of the lunar surface from the Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy, or SOFIA, a modified high-flying Boeing 747 jumbo jet equipped with a 9-foot-long telescope. With SOFIA, the researchers detected a spectral water signature at 6 microns, which is not shared with other hydroxyl groups. This water signature was spotted at the high southern latitudes at amounts ranging between 100 and 400 parts per million, end quote. While water molecules have now been confirmed, that leaves the mystery of how the water is created on the moon and how it's preserved on the airless surface. Quoting NASA's press release, several forces could be at play in the delivery or creation of this water. Micrometeorites raining down on the lunar surface carrying small amounts of water could deposit the water on the lunar surface upon impact. Another possibility is there could be a two-step process whereby the sun's solar wind delivers hydrogen to the lunar surface and causes a chemical reaction with oxygen-bearing minerals in the soil to create hydroxyl. Meanwhile, radiation from the bombardment of micrometeorites could be transforming that hydroxyl into water. How the water then gets stored, making it possible to accumulate, also raises some intriguing questions. The water could be trapped into tiny bead-like structures in the soil that form out of the high heat created by micrometeorite impacts. Another possibility is that the water could be hidden between grains of lunar soil and sheltered from the sunlight, potentially making it a bit more accessible than water trapped in bead-like structures." End quote. Apart from being a fascinating discovery with many implications for how we understand the moon, this could also mean big things for future lunar missions and the planned establishment of a permanent lunar base. It opens up many more options for where to establish the base near water, and depending on how much is found and how easy it is to mine, it could potentially be used as drinking water, or more likely, to refuel the rockets and other space vehicles. The less that has to be transported from Earth to the moon, the more that can be made on the moon, the better. So, pretty freaking exciting stuff, and if you want to hear more, NASA is doing an AMA on the R Space subreddit tomorrow, Tuesday the 27th at 1pm Eastern Time. Link to that in their press release, which is in the show notes. Some more good news, a crew of Washington scientists have dismantled the first confirmed murder hornet nest in the U.S. Remember murder hornets, huge predatorial hornets that basically became the mascot of 2020 when the first ones were found in Washington state earlier this year? Native to Japan and typically called Asian giant hornets, they're not nicknamed murder hornets because they murder people, although people can die from allergic reactions to the painful stings, but rather because of the threat they pose to honeybees. In Japan, honeybees have developed defensive tactics over the years against the giant hornets, but here in the U.S., specifically in Washington where they've been found, honeybees are defenseless, and the hornets therefore pose a substantial threat to the already decreasing honeybee population. So it's good news indeed that entomologists have been able to destroy a nest of the hornets after a week-long search near the Canadian border. The nest, which is the size of a basketball and containing 100 to 200 hornets, was located after attaching radios to three hornets using dental floss. Which sounds more like a technique out of a comic book, but at least we know that the hornets won't have any plaque. 
The scientists, wearing full-body suits that looked like if SpaceX had to design a hazmat suit, vacuumed the hornets into canisters, showing off the insects, which can grow over two inches in length on social media. They suspect more nests are close by and will be continuing the search over the coming days. Being scientists, I'm sure most of the bees they vacuum up will be kept for study, but maybe they can prepare a few for a feast. Murder hornets are, after all, used in a number of delicacies in Japan, including skewered, pan-fried, jarred, and distilled. You know the kind of overplayed, I didn't have that on my 2020 bingo card joke? Apart from murder hornets, another big one people didn't see coming was the asteroid scheduled to hit Earth on the U.S.'s election day because, of course, that's just so 2020. But of course, as you all know, asteroid 2018 VP1 is not actually going to hit Earth. As NASA and individual astronomers have explained many times, while it is scheduled to get very close to the Earth on November 3rd, the asteroid itself is only about 6.5 feet in diameter, and only has a 0.41% chance of entering the Earth's atmosphere. And even if it did, it would disintegrate before causing any actual damage. But, like the murder hornets, what fun is the actual truth when you're trying to be glib and cynical on the internet? And thus, Oreo has leaned into the asteroid hype and built an actual vault in Norway to protect Oreos in the case of an asteroid-spawned apocalypse. And, you know, to be honest, while they may be exaggerating on the asteroid thing, an apocalypse caused by any number of things doesn't sound too unlikely these days, so maybe Oreo is onto something. But anyways, it was in response to a tweet asking who would protect the Oreos if Asteroid 2018 VP1 were to hit Earth, which made Oreo decide to build a smaller lookalike of the seed vault in Svalbard, Norway, which holds over half a billion seeds from 930,000 varieties around the world and is meant to preserve the world's botanic legacy in the case of a doomsday situation. The Global Oreo Vault was built nearby the famous Seed Vault and is packed with the Oreo recipe as well as a large stockpile of Oreo cookies. Oreo put together a video announcing the vault and while the video is mostly fabricated with actors playing the Oreo reps and the vault architect, every report I can find about this seems to indicate that the vault is actually real. Which, like... It can't be, right? This is completely just a stunt, right? Oreo said in a statement, quote, As an added precaution, the Oreo packs are wrapped in mylar, which can withstand temperatures from negative 80 degrees to 300 degrees Fahrenheit and is impervious to chemical reactions, moisture, and air, keeping the cookies fresh and protected for years to come, end quote. Even if we are to believe that the vault is actually real, and even with all of those precautions, I am personally a little skeptical about how long those cookies will last, especially after what I learned last week from those moldy Twinkies. But, I mean, hey, I guess if there is an apocalypse, any survivors will have a bunch of crops to plant from the seed vault and then some Oreos to munch on while they wait for harvest. So, thanks, corporate marketing stunts. Ending today with a story that could be the plot of a weird Halloween horror film. 
Mutant crayfish clones have taken over a Belgian cemetery. This particular type of crayfish, the marbled crayfish, is not a naturally occurring species, but rather one which is thought to have been created on accident in a German aquarium around 1995. The result of experimenting within the pet trade with two slough crayfish imported from Florida. The marbled crayfish is the only decapod crustacean, or ten-legged crustacean, that reproduces parthenogetically, that is to say, asexually, creating only identical females. Quoting Science Magazine, Since its discovery in 1995 in Germany, the marbled crayfish has spread across Europe and into Africa in huge numbers. They eat anything, rotten leaves, snails or fish broods, small fish, small insects, says Frank Lyko, a molecular geneticist at the German Cancer Research Center in Heidelberg. This crayfish is a serious pest, adds Gerhard Schultz, an evolutionary biologist at Humboldt University in Berlin, who has tracked its rapid spread across the globe, including Madagascar, where its success threatens the existence of the seven crayfish native to that island country. The European Union banned the species. It must not be sold, kept, distributed, or released to the wild, end quote. The marbled crayfish can also burrow down a meter into the ground and reproduces very quickly, which is how hundreds have been able to invade the Schonselhof Cemetery in Antwerp. Most likely, someone kept them as pets despite the ban, and then also despite the ban, emptied them into a canal when they got bored with or overwhelmed by them. And since crayfish can travel over land and in water, they're able to spread quite far. Kevin Shears of the Flemish Institute for Nature and Woodland Research said, quote, It's impossible to round up all of them. It's like trying to empty the ocean with a thimble. End quote. And for anyone unfamiliar with crayfish, or crawfish, as you may say in the south of America, they're about four inches long and kind of look like small lobsters. So just imagine trying to visit a loved one at the cemetery and seeing tiny lobsters crawling all over the place. Not ideal. While poison could be an effective way to get rid of the pests, it's not allowed by Belgian law. And though this infestation at the cemetery and other places throughout Europe and Africa where the marbled crayfish have taken hold can threaten the local ecosystems, the marbled crayfish themselves could hold a key to understanding how cancer spreads in the body. Frank Lyko, the molecular geneticist, became interested in studying the marbled crayfish because he, quote, thought its newly evolved asexual nature might parallel how a normal cell turns cancerous and begins generating clones of itself. In particular, he wanted to study the genomes of marbled crayfish to uncover basic mechanisms underlying epigenetics, the binding of molecules to DNA that can drive tumor growth and help cancer spread, end quote. So far, he and his team have sequenced the genomes of a dozen marbled crayfish from around the world, and one interesting tidbit so far is that their genome is bigger than the human genome. But more research shedding light on how their reproduction is similar to the spread of cancer is still forthcoming. For now, the city of Antwerp is simply interested in how to prevent a further spread of crayfish in their cemeteries. That is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go tweet at Oreo to see if they'd consider a murder hornet-infused specialty Oreo. I hope you have a good start to your week, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. 
My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas. 